0: You are listening
1: to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening
0: to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four podcast You are
1: listening to the Four podcast with Lenny Marcus. And right. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host from the bunker, Neil Potter. Hi there. Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the RyCast network, Riotcast.com. Really, what else do you have to do? Today's guest, originally from show number 14 a couple of years ago, our returning guest today is a stand-up comedian from Charlotte, North Carolina. He's been a touring comedian for over 20 years, and now I guess he's made it because he lives in New Milford, New Jersey. He has a Whoa. He has a comedy CD called Funny Bunny, and he currently runs around doing ships and warm-ups and television shows, and because of Corona, this podcast is his best-paying gig. It's
2: Mike <laughs> uh, Burton, woo! It is true. I am such a road comic that I actually got in the car to come do this.
1: <laughs> you're sitting. You're <laughs> sitting in the car.
2: I'm hey. sitting in the car because it's the only way I feel like I'm in showbiz.
1: Yeah, oh, soundproof booth. Well, that's it. Well, kids, let's catch up with Mike a little bit. Well, Corona has canceled everything, correct, Mike?
2: Everything. I have uh, a ship booked in July that is. Uh, As for now, still on the books, but everything else, as far as ships go, gone, canceled.
1: Warm-up gigs for television shows, gone, right? Because there's no audiences, right? And they wouldn't let you in there anyway, probably, you know.
2: Yeah, Um, I mean, you watch the shows that have nobody in there, and uh, (laughs) it's it's sad, but they're perfectly fine.
1: Yeah, and uh, and Neil and I, of course, we're on (laughs) maximum hold for Supermarket Sweep now. So, Neil's big television debut is on hold.
2: Yeah. I was thinking yeah. earlier today that that is exactly something that would happen to me.
1: <laughs> well, we, <laughs> we're trying to say, Mike, like, we, we thought that, do you remember the Gulf War, right? As the Gulf War was happening, the, the Robert Rothstein moment. The um, Yes. Uh, for people who don't know, this, this comedian Robert Rothstein, hope you're doing good, Robert. I think he's in South Carolina now or L.A. I don't know where he is but this was like his last straw in show business he finally gets something good and he's on what was it um star, uh, search. star search and he's and he gets to the finals and the other guy goes and he has like he does okay you know it's out of five four stars right so the other guy i think gets two stars and Robert, if he gets three stars on a what is it three minute set then he's gonna win a lot of money and he's Two minutes into this act, and we interrupt this program for the Gulf War. (laughs) And then then
2: Bush came on and said, hey, we're going to war.
1: Right. We're going to war. And then they did this again once things settled down that the TV show came back on. And they gave these guys the option to keep your set or do it again. The other guy's like, all right, I'll do it again. So he does it again. This time he gets like three and a half stars. And now, because he went back to L.A. and worked on his act, and he had people give him jokes, and I don't know if he threw some people some money to win the thing, but he gets, like, three and a half stars, and now Robert goes, and he gets his same. He gets, like, two and a half stars. They gave him the same thing they were going to give him or whatever, and, uh, and he lost.
2: So, he lost. But that first time he had the set of
1: his life. Yeah, first time he had a set of his life. right? So, anyway, uh, that's is that worse than us not getting to do a television show, Mike? Uh,
2: it's up there, but it's only the only difference would have to be that he actually did it. He had it. It's right there, and yours is still yours will still come up as soon as everything. And apparently, from what I understand on the news, everything's going to be over with it on Easter. So pretty sweet. <laughs> that's because Easter. Because that's the way diseases Easter's work. Yeah, Easter day. will be over.
1: Yeah, we could talk about that, Neil, for a minute. It's not happening yeah. on Easter. Anybody thinks that the country's opening up on Easter is just a complete jackass <laughs> fool. Period.
0: But that's really, the you problem. don't think? 50% of the United States are gonna go to Easter as a like a revolt, like a show you thing, you know.
1: Yeah, well, and then they're all gonna get it and half of them will die. And that's yeah. cuz, you know, cuz you know healthcare in Mississippi's good, so
0: <laughs> well, I'm definitely going out on Easter because I've set that day. I believe in my president.
1: Oh okay. Well that'll be it. hopefully uh we film before then because you're gonna be dead by the end of April.
0: Why didn't he say Passover? Why Easter?
1: I don't know. Passover. Meanwhile I just passed a uh I I passed a restaurant today that was like getting ready for Passover. It's like, Oh we take we're only taking online orders now for Passover I'm like you could forget Passover, dude. Nobody's coming to anybody's house with Pet it's gonna be very small Seder's going on. Whoever's in your house now, that's your Seder. That's it. Yeah. It's gonna be like a good one man Seder in a lot of these people's homes. Especially in New York. Um, that is what does the world
0: yeah, Mike, what what does the world look like when this is over?
1: i I hope it looks like you and I get on a plane and going to do a television show, but who knows? <laughs> I, I just I saw know. on TV they're saying like that the bill that the the government's passing it's like four trillion, and they and then Cuomo just now said, literally as we're right before I hit the button, he said to record this, he said um, the gig economy they haven't even addressed that and they can't because they don't know what to do. They literally do not know what to do. So anybody in the gig economy, meaning comics and waiters, and well, they don't know how to, you know, they don't know how to give these people money for the month that they lose. They don't right. know how to pay us. We're, we're, you're doomed. You, this is not gonna. You're not. It's gonna be, you know, donations or uh, Kickstarter's or you know, the, they just don't know how to address the gig economy because there's no you know you, you can't you can't define the money that people make, and there's a lot of people like that it's terrible even but even small business let's say michelle uh Mike's wife is a dental hygienist is that business is dead right Mike nobody wants yeah, them i mean interface. you can't
2: work because you can't work on anybody right and all those people from the from the of course hygienist but the the assistants the front desk the everybody that's involved in that done
1: yeah. I was just saying to my wife, the best scenario you could have now is when they... They have to test everybody. The best case scenario now is, like, even for your wife, she gets it for a day. You know, she gets it in a small dose. She gets the antibodies going. She recovers. You know, they test her. She tested positive, but she's okay. She lives through it. It's gone like the flu is gone. and She can go back to work. Go ahead, cough in her face. But, you know, she's ready to go. It's the people who, you know, that that this affects you know really horribly and they have to go to the hospital and they're on ventilators that those are the people who you know that it is possible but your wife's gonna have to like tag a note to her head like i'm a dental hygienist who has the antibodies in her system
2: (laughs) i guess i mean after this is it Everywhere you go, you take your temperature before you walk in now?
1: I get, why not? I mean, they were doing that in some country. I think it was Italy. If you want to go to the grocery store, there was a guy standing like a Walmart reader with the with the thermometer. You put it right to wow. your head. If it was fine, you could go in the store. If not, get out of my face. <laughs> oh my.
2: The guy who's going in there just for medicine. No, nope, you're already <laughs> too late. You should have had it.
1: Yeah, you're in that store over there. It's like, the, And you see just dead people walking in like online. Um, What if we just do
0: everything virtual, though, like, even the dentist, and we just do it ourselves?
1: Oh, yeah, that's good. And you get a self-dentistry? That helps. They just
0: explain to us what we'll do, and then we'll just do it.
1: Yeah. Can you scrape your own teeth now, Mike? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Then you never leave the house, ever. All right, let's talk. I can. We have all those tools at home. It's great.
1: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, Mike doesn't have to worry. Go ahead, honey. Work on me all you want. I'm going to lay
2: here on the couch and watch Barry. (laughs) <laughs> you do this. I like Barry. Um, Barry's great. They're doing a marathon of it today.
1: Ooh. Okay. Um, so New Milford, you guys moved out there. We'll go. We'll. We'll. Our Corona update is over for the day. I can't take it anymore. Uh, the New Milford place. You move, finally moved out of Manhattan, and you thought yes. you were escaping this disaster, right? And <laughs> and so you got this beautiful house now. A little little t- nice house out in New Milford, and so. Are you happy? Do you miss New York? Do you miss the bullets on Dykman? What do you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Those bullets are pretty nice. They just whiz them by. They make you put a little pep in your step.
1: <laughs> Neil, he's actually been woken up in the middle of the night with pow 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 pow.
0: <laughs> true. That's that's what you pay for.
1: <laughs> that's that's true. what you want
0: in New York. If you're living in New York, do you want that?
1: I think so. Like there are people who came to New York, and I would I would meet them on the road or on cruises like we came to new york once nothing happened <laughs> like they want to be shot
0: well when you're they, isolated they think like they i be am near then it, then but you don't really want to be there then your fear is more like the uh like more like an alien or a killer in the night you know what i mean like a it's a different fear
1: <laughs> what do you mean in you mean in new milford no, in, in the bunker where I can't tell you I am an undisclosed, oh, location. an undisclosed location that's what you're afraid of like a wolf getting in the middle of night or an alien
0: yeah exactly it's more like isolated beers like those kind of movies
1: that's mm. what gets you here oh, I believe it do you hear that like Halloween
0: <laughs> yeah like that that kind of <laughs> stuff or like your you know your your wife might kill you in the night like she'll go crazy like shining shining type stuff yeah
1: <laughs> Uh, can't you see I'm working over here? <laughs> I know.
0: Well, have you guys both written? I mean, a lot of screenplays, and uh, have you been writing like crazy? In no, the, the I w- break.
1: You mean manifesto? How to kill everybody? Yeah, I've been writing that. It's in blood in my office on the wall. Well, I
0: feel like every creative person has said to themselves, "If only I had time. If only I had a moment where I was alone for." And then I would write or I would do this. And, and has that happened for either one of you?
1: Oh, if I didn't have a baby, I would, I would have, like, War and Peace done by now. I mean, I would have <laughs> all the episodes of Supermarket, all the episodes of Superstar Talent. But the baby, it's over. It's just daddy daycare for me. Mike?
2: Yeah, I mean, a little bit. But, I mean, I try to keep the same schedule. Like, you wake up and uh, try to keep the same schedule as far as, like, working out and all that, and I still have the wife there, and all of a sudden, once that conversation starts, and you see a press conference, that's the rest of your day. It's like we had to, it's like you <laughs> a second ago, no, can't talk about it anymore. Right. And then, well, I have, by I then, have the, gotten uh, used to
0: the, the competing press like is, uh, is going, going to
2: high yeah, school yeah, yeah, online.
1: One at, a, one at a time. Go ahead, Mike.
2: Caden's uh, going to high school online.
1: Yeah.
2: And so, uh, apparently, he's figured out, this whole time, he's been going until 3 o'clock, he could have been done by noon this whole time, for years. <laughs> so, there's not gonna. I told him, I go, dude. There's never gonna be another snow day because yeah. they figured out you can just learn it right now, and you'll never get another full day
1: off. Yeah,
2: you're lucky. You're a senior dummy.
1: <laughs> he, uh, how is that working out? Like, did he pick a school?
2: Uh, he's gotten into. He's gotten into a couple of colleges. And a couple we're waiting to hear from, and we don't know how this whole virus situation is going to affect all of it.
1: Oh, and so, and yeah, not making any money is really good for college costs, right?
2: Yeah, that's going to come in handy.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Well, the University of Phoenix is not looking too bad right
1: now, probably for a lot of people. That's true, the online online University of Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, well, luckily, Mike, you and I got in the Borgata uh, about a month ago. My time yes. couldn't be more impeccable that I had to spend a week already sequestered and quarantined in the Borgata in Atlantic City. <laughs> that was practice. Who knew? Yeah, I was warming up. I was just warming up for the big event. I had no idea. Tell Neil about this gig. Like, here's the what I said what, This is me doing my impression of Mike Burton. It's fine. <laughs> that, that's what Mike keeps saying when I bring up the workout. It's fine.
2: It's was fine. It it's every got night? everything you need. You get fed. You get a decent bed. The TV is good. And you get to work out.
1: Yeah, Neil, go ahead. Ask him again. Was it packed every
2: night? Was it? No. <laughs> it, was, it was packed a couple of nights. And then there was a couple of nights where in the same 900-seat theater, you had 50. And thank God they scattered them around. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we had a couple. Actually, it was better this time than the last time, don't you think, as a whole? I think so. Yeah, there was more people this time. They actually, they were better this time. I have to look at the time of year that we went the last time. Not too far off. It was, like, maybe a month. But for some reason, this time was better, Neil. It was, Um, I don't know, They, you know, first night was, like, actual 500 people, 600, 700. I think the first night was, like, 700 people. And that, yeah. was, that was really good. Like, oh, okay, that was fun. You know, we had a blast. And then... I think 3 nights later there was like 50 people. Mike comes off. I go, "How was it?" He's like bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> Just making well, Had noises. the virus?
0: Had the virus concerns started yet you when would, you guys were there?
1: The way they were reacting as an audience, I would say yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they they had already had it. In the home. They they had it. They were on ventilators. That's That's what this group <laughs> were, they, I, mean, I mean, it is the let me tell you something. That's they have to close those casinos because 90% of the people go to these casinos, Mike. I never thought about it. They're they're easily over 60. So, Oh yeah. They be one guy with the sniffles could kill the whole casino.
2: And we were there in the beginning. Like we there was a couple of like I made corona references. There's somebody who coughed and I go, "No, no, nope."
1: Oh, right.
2: that uh, that was like right at the beginning. Oh. Before like of course any quarantine or or stay in or any of that. But it was, it was coming. Yeah. Like it was, it was the beginning of that. And then I went to, or uh, I came back from Waco for that. And there's a <laughs> couple of references out there.
1: That sentence is funny um, in itself. I came back from Waco for that.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Waco what,
0: were you, wait, what were
2: you doing in Waco? I did shows down in Waco. There's this, uh, a new comedy club that they put down there and they wanted clean comedy. And so, since I uh, did the dry bar special, I'm considered clean, or can at least do clean. And so, I was invited to go down there.
0: All right, that's to, my that's my stopping ground. I went to Baylor.
1: Yeah, it all makes sense now when you think about it.
0: I spent five
1: <laughs> years in Waco. Yeah, five years in Waco, Texas. I'll do it. <laughs> that, that was after he chose to go there after the whole cold thing. So, okay, that just shows how you that, your, how were the clean
0: shows in Waco.
1: You what? Hey, he said, how are the clean shows in Waco?
2: They're actually really good. They were, they were a better audience than I thought they were going to be uh, and knowing nothing about that town. But usually, you know, when somebody wants a clean show, they're ready to be offended immediately and they were great about everything.
1: Hmm. All right. That's good. cool. All right. Wrapping up this segment, what, Mike, what's your dream gig now other than like getting back to work? I mean, if, if things were normal, what do you want to do? Like, is are you rolling with, you want a warm-up gig, a permanent warm-up gig? Does that help?
2: I would take a permanent warm-up gig. Uh, there was a, the thing, like you, like, uh, kind of put on hold. There's a new show, uh, Daphne Oz is going to have a new show, and I was up for that, and that would be, that would have been great. I like her a lot, and uh, and the people she had on it,
1: and, what, and, what's the name and that, that would have been fun. What's the name of that one? The Dish. The Dish. All right, so look for The Dish. On TV when the world goes back to normal. And Mike That's will be the, the man. Hope. That's the whole. All right, let's move on. I want to transition into that. Oh, I just blew my ears out with that one. Jesus, um, what was that? That was the big bell for, for the segment. The second one i talk talking about is warm-up jobs. I'm sure Neil has a ton of questions about this. I do. Like, warm up the crowd now. We had to go look for a warm-up guy for a supermarket sweep, as you know, Mike. And, right. Um, it's you know, it's not... It's not a, we have like a DJ coming in to warm up the crowd, but you need somebody to come in and just keep people focused because there's a lot of stopping of the tapings. For whatever reason, stuff falls off a shelf at the supermarket, you throw it to a commercial. So they, you know, they leave time for that. And so the warm up guy will come out there and give away prizes or joke around with people. And it's a tough job. It's a fun, is, is this fun? It's a thankless job. So is it fun for you?
2: It is completely thankless job. Uh but it's, I do, I enjoy it, but I've never done a show like that. I've never done a game show. I've never done uh, a sitcom where you get paid great money, you're there for a day, but you have the same audience that can be there five or six hours to do a half hour sitcom. And, and I, having, even having never done it, knowing that those, they take breaks, uh, not only commercial breaks like you normally have or uh, scene breaks but they go rewrite it, write the joke different, write the joke better, and come back, and you have to have that audience laughing as if it's the first time they've heard it, and that's on you. Oh wow, And on a daytime talk show, they have to be clapping and cheering for everything that you don't normally cheer for. There's no reason to cheer because somebody just walked on stage and sat down, but you're like, yeah, look at that, they can walk. (laughs) Um, But it's it's a cheerleading kind of thing. But But I do have fun with the audience and stuff.
1: Yeah, you do have fun with the audience, especially I've seen you have fun with an audience. I've seen you not have fun with an audience. But I've seen – this is a special skill. There's not a lot of comics – not every comic can do this.
2: No, and people think it's easy. You make it look easy, just like stand-up. But like Joey Cola, who's probably the best in the business at it, you make it look easy. But there's a, you feel that audience, just like when you do stand-up and, like, how were they? You can feel that audience as soon as you go on, how much work you're gonna have to do to get them to where they need to be.
1: Yeah, I've seen this done a couple of times, like, for the marriage Draft, and I've seen it, like, for sitcoms, tapings that I've gone to, and I've not seen it done for a game show. They tell me it's a little harder, and um, I, but every time I've watched it, I was like, oh God, to be this guy, this would, I can't do it. I I, I would be miserable. I, I'd last a week, and that would be not even not even a week. Maybe two days. I'll you know unless some somebody some stupid somebody's gonna say something stupid to me, and then I'm just gonna unleash. Right, <laughs> right.
2: That's the one thing. It's it's as close to trying to do nice comedy as you do, and as you know, comedy's not nice.
1: Yeah, it's not nice. That's I have to say that all the time. Neil, did you ever want to do warm up?
0: Uh, I mean, I uh, I thought about it early on, but no, I never really it never really came to me or got like offers for that. Cause I host it all the time, so I figured it, I could do it, but I never had any offers. Now, do you think, Mike? Do you think that uh uh the audience like they're always different? Like some sometimes they're super hype. When they're not hype, I mean, do the people on the show look? Like, are they on you? Like, let's go get this crowd going.
2: Yes. Yeah, they, they, Yeah. nobody wants to admit that they're uh, like a producer. Uh, you have ever how many producers on, on a daytime talk show? And let's say it's about uh, – uh, let's say it's Rachel Ray, and she's cooking burgers, and you have to – we're going to use garlic powder, and people have to go nuts for garlic powder.
1: And if they don't go nuts <laughs> enough, know, they look at you me.
2: like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like I don't know, maybe garlic powder is not the most exciting thing. Is that really on me? Yes, it is. It's on <laughs> you. You start making them clap. It doesn't matter what it is. We're gonna use butter.
0: Oh my god, butter!
2: Ooh, and, butter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ooh. Ever- ah. I'm going to divide these with a cookie cutter. Oh, It's so funny cookie that you say, it's
1: so funny you say that because that's exactly the way I treat Birdie. She's 21, almost 21 months old. So she's not <laughs> even two, but everybody's like, Oh look, mommy's got butter. Ooh, butter. So you're basically treating these people like they're 20 month old kids.
2: Yes. <laughs> you walk them through every single step for ever, how long it takes to tape that show. There's no time off. You have to listen to everything. If you miss an an applause, somebody says something that's an applause kind of thing, and you miss it, there you're done. You can be fired that day.
1: Oh wow! Hey, um, can you you want to tell Neil the Colbert story? <laughs> do you want to tell him? Or no?
2: I'll go. Yeah, sure. Why not?
1: Go ahead. So, um, Mike got to warm up the Colbert show for a day. How'd you get to do that first?
2: I got to do it because uh, Paul Mercurio needed a uh, substitute. And I was doing warm up, and he called me and asked me if I was open, and I was, and it paid really well, and so I even more was, and uh, had to go in. It's on a Thursday, so you do two shows, and uh, I did the first show, and you do the warm up. You only—it's one of the—it should be on paper. It's the easiest job ever, and I had it was really it was awful weather, so you have to kind of get them in a good mood after the awful weather. They come in. The studio is extra cold. People are miserable, and you just have to get (laughs) them up. And after the warm-up does his job, then the band goes up. Everybody's up and clapping and having a great time, dancing around. Colbert comes out. He takes a couple of questions. You guys are going to have a great show. Ta-da, show. So I go up, and I get them, and I was told that uh, you don't have to get them to a 10 on that one because those guys come out. If you get it too much, then the audience gets tired, and they won't be – where they need to be for the rest they're like oh man i'm too tired to clap and so you have to get them to a six or a seven instead of normally getting them up to a 10 or 11 all right i'm okay with all that i do it all and uh they're not great but i figured after the band was on and he came out they would be perfectly fine and where they needed to be (laughs) and uh (laughs) colbert i do my part uh, the band goes walking by me, goes, man, you were great. I said, really? I didn't feel great, but okay. And uh, so they do the show and they have awful guests and, uh, and then between the shows, they said, Colbert wants to see you in his office. And I was like, great. <laughs> and uh, so, so I go up to the office and he has the big door. It couldn't be more stereotypical where the uh, secretary out front and then you go through his big office door, and he has a salad that he's eating. And he has on those, uh, he has the paper towels tucked in his shirt for the makeup so the makeup doesn't get on his shirt or, or whatever, uh, yeah. down in the neck of the shirt. And so he said, That was the worst audience I've ever had in this theater. And I was like, Wow. And in my head, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I was here for the record. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But he was, he he. it was all my fault. In his opinion, it was completely my fault that the audience was the worst audience he had ever had. And again, after I go on, the band goes on. They play for another five minutes. They go through the audience, the audience is up. They're dancing, they're having a great time, they're clapping along, he comes out, people are cheering, it's going to be great, and then they just weren't, and then they brought out ah, Michael Bolton. I think Michael Bolton was on the show, and uh, he didn't get the big cheer that I guess they wanted, because, oh, I don't know, it's not 1990.
1: (laughs) People were like, who's Michael Bolton?
2: Right, Michael what? What? Yeah. So, uh, Michael Phelps, yes, go nuts. Michael Bolton, not so much. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, so it was the worst audience they'd ever had.
1: So the second uh, show...
2: it was all on me.
1: So they, you, he's basically telling you to do better on the second show?
2: Yes. I did, he could have let me go right then and just said, you know what? We'll, we'd rather have nobody. <laughs> but they let me do the second show. The second show went great. They were... Even when I first walked out, they were a thousand times better than the first audience. And, uh... Everything went well, and uh, I've never worked there again.
1: It just so – I mean, people don't understand. Sometimes it can be the crowd, man. I mean, it, you're saying they were outside. Who knows how long they were standing out there. It's a rainy, cold day. You know, they sit down. They're – you know, they're expecting – Now it's cold in the theater, change. so it's now confusing. you're wet
2: and cold. Yeah,
1: so now they're expecting miracles. It, it, they can stink. You know, there are times yeah. where the crowd is just not going to be into it. That's it. But the funny part
0: is, if you if you ask both crowds, right? If you were to take both crowds from the first and second show and ask them how they like the show, I bet my life that both shows would would be the same. They thought they, they both shows thought the show was great. Yeah. Just in Colbert's right. mind that he's got this weird thing where he's relating noise to. He's relating noise to success, which is totally
1: not true. Well, comics are the same way, you know, like, even those shows at the Borgata where Mike came off and was like, mer, mer. we didn't pass one guy when we were walking through the hotel who didn't, you know, everybody was like, you guys were great, you guys were great, and we were both like, we hated that show, you know, but, <laughs> right? We hated you, we hated your energy, we hated the, you know, they just, but it doesn't mean they don't like the show. But to right. you know, to the host, you know, who's not getting that immediate feedback, you know, all the love. I don't know. You can blame the writers too. You can blame a lot of also, things. Also,
0: yeah, but also Colbert comes from the alternative world, in that alternative comedy world. The worse you did, the better deal you got. So, <laughs> if you really tanked it and did really poorly, you would probably get the deal tomorrow with like NBC. Or that, you know what I mean? So it's funny that funny that he thinks like that now.
1: Mike, who are the best celebrities to work with? Have you worked with a bunch of them? I mean, you have, like, uh, Brittany. I remember you saying, like, you work for Brittany. What's her last name again? Oh,
2: Bethany. Bethany, Bethany that's Frankel. It.
1: Bethany Frankel. She was great, right?
2: She was great to me. That was a – for me, that was a great show to work on. She wasn't necessarily great to everybody behind the scenes. But to me, I loved working on that show because uh, they treated me really well. It, like you said, it's a thankless job, but she, on numerous occasions – We'd be like, you're doing really great. I really love it when you're here. And it's really rare to hear that kind of stuff. Dr. Oz is great about that. Um, there's some guests. Uh, when I subbed in at Rachel Ray, she had Richard Dreyfuss on, who I've never – I don't remember seeing him on a late show. Oh. It was a very odd thing, but Richard Dreyfuss was a phenomenal guest. Was he? I was so pleasantly surprised that he was – he was great.
1: Rumor, he, rumor has ask it him been- a question
2: and he would just go off. And it was entertaining. Hmm. And it was... Ah, oh, I loved it.
1: Did he talk about Jaws? <laughs> what did he say? Did he talk about Jaws?
2: I think, yeah. It, it's one of those things uh, where you do the quiz.
1: Uh-huh.
2: They, and, uh, the and, of course, Jaws came up and uh, Close Encounters and everything he's done.
1: This... uh <laughs>
0: Wait, have you developed your warm-up – have you have developed bits just for warm-up, meaning just, you know, that you use in these shows? Like, have you developed, a, like, a thing you'll go to every time, a quiz or a dance or something like that or whatever?
1: Yeah, to you get people to dance with you?
0: Oh, have I done that? Yeah, I've done the dance contest.
1: That, so, yeah, do you have go-to things, though, that you do every time?
2: Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where the set kind of becomes the set. That warm-up set becomes a warm-up set. That's why when guys do – right. Shows that last five seasons, six seasons, they, the crew and stuff will make fun of them. They never change anything. But they don't have to. They're not doing it for you. They're doing it for the audience. right? And well, like, it's not like you can go up to a camera guy and go, hey, man, you've been doing that same angle for 100 years. Can you just maybe switch it up a little bit? Oh, Nobody does that. We went to but Sat- the comic, change it up every day.
1: We went to Saturday Night Live, and I've been there. What did we go, Neil, last year? I went, like five times in the last two years or something when Leslie was there. And oh, yeah. right before, like they have Michael Che come out in the old days, they would have um, Brewer, Jim Brewer come out and he would do that drinking, his big drinking joke and it would murder. And that was it. it was literally time for one joke. And Michael Che comes out and does, I don't know, has to be 45 seconds of nonsense, nothing, like complete nothing when he goes out there. And then, um, and then Keenan Thompson and three of the the cast women come out and sing "Give Me Some Lovin'" every time with the band. Okay, and yeah, that's it. That's the warm up. Give me some lovin'.
2: But that's a show. You don't even need it. Like you, the forty five seconds. You can kind of, and that forty five seconds and that song is all you need to get them focused. Yeah. Because that though that show's been on so long and everybody so wants to be there. Yeah. You don't have to warm up. They're, they're all from different places. There's not It's not a New York set right. show. It's people from everywhere that want to be there. Same thing with Colbert. Some of these talk shows that you've never heard of, that audience, they're like, what are you doing? There's people that are getting paid. There's paid audiences. I've done shows yeah. where people get 50 bucks for eight hours. Ugh,
1: they're the worst. Yeah, those are the worst. <laughs> um, don't, it's... And finally, just uh, wrapping up with this one. It's a cutthroat business, so you don't want to get Wally pipped. Meaning, a lot of these guys will come to work on their deathbeds, right? Because you miss a day, they bring in a warm-up guy like you. You do better than the original guy, and then there—that's the end of them, right? It can happen. Yeah, like I—I uh... I know Letterman didn't want Letterman didn't want anybody but Eddie Brill doing that job. Like for right. for a couple of reasons. One, you know, not that Eddie thought the guy was going to do better. It's just that. He was comfortable with eddie and then you know that he had a couple guys come in for him and they weren't as good or he wasn't as comfortable and he was really mad so it goes both ways right
2: it does and when you do shows there's certain timing on things that you you have to feel and you have to know and your host likes it like this and that host likes it like that there's some hosts. They want you to clap on everything and there's other ones that say, We want it to feel natural and then all of a sudden you're like, No, you don't because nobody's gonna clap. Nobody naturally <laughs> claps because you cracked an egg. Right. <laughs> so there's there's certain things that you have to do, but every show
1: You know every show is on.
2: different and every host is different. And you when you when they start feeling comfortable with you, it's a really nice feeling.
1: That is good. All right, let's move on. All right, our thir- Oh my
0: god, that's like killing. Me.
1: I know, sorry, it was a little loud. Neil, this is the point, Mike, you don't understand. This is the point at the sh- in this show that Neil and I were going to have our first commercial read. I was going to read a commercial for what should be happening right now, the NCAA tournament. Yes. And um, it was a commercial for a company called MyBookie, and we were going to read this. So, sorry, MyBookie. But there's no re- reason for us to read these ads since there's no NCAA. <laughs> and uh So Neil was, and I were going to make a freaking fortune off of this. And this podcast, you know, we we're going to retire right off of this one. It was only one read, Mike, and we were retiring. But it's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> next up, uh, next, our next advertising was co- Coca-Cola. Is that a good thing?
1: <laughs> I wish. Oh, man, if we were doing Coke commercials, they still probably wouldn't pay us a lot of money, but... Drink Coke, everybody. All right. The third
2: quarter Were you able to book that did you book that uh after we went and saw the guy that was betting on the on the game?
1: Oh yeah, we were Neil, you missed it. We were we were at the Borgata and there was a guy betting on sports and we thought it was just this old man just watching a Tuesday night. We thought he was asleep. We thought he was asleep, right? So we sat down after our gig, and we just sit down at the Borgata in the sports book and all of a sudden this guy shoots out of that seat and he starts <laughs> cursing up the storm like motherfucker. Mother, what the fuck is going? <laughs> Apparently, he had money on what was it, Mike? The St. Louis Billikins?
2: Yes, it was St. Louis and St. Joe's.
1: <laughs> St. Louis, St. Joe's. He had like a he was like giving 12 or something like that, and
2: uh, <laughs> 13. It was 13 because it was 13. on the line.
1: Yeah, it was right on the line. So 13, and the game ended 13. And you should have seen this. Like, he was up two points with a minute left. He was pacing around. He shot out of that seat, Neil, with the 13 points. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. We were trying to root for him, and guys were kicking the ball out of bounds, You know, missing foul shots that they should have missed. It was uncanny how this 13 points landed right on 13, and he pushed. We were blown away, but it was watching this guy have a spasm over... St. Louis, St. Joe's was really priceless. Anyway.
2: We started getting into it, and we didn't – who cares about those two teams? Right, right. right. (laughs) And we started – because he – I think he went with the over, and so he needed 15. And it was 15, and uh, I guess St. Joe's came down with the ball. He's like, no, no, don't let him – and they don't care. They're up. And there's like two seconds left, and they let him take a uh, layup and and just uncontested layup. There it is, 13. 13
0: push done
1: ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. loser and we were like whatever i'm eating like seven dollar nuts that i bought downstairs ridiculous. <laughs> i'm so pissed <laughs> and uh and he's just having conniption next to us it was it was priceless that was, really high- it was highlight great of the week. that was the highlight of the week all right let's move on to the third corner the third corner i want to do today is mcmillions the documentary for those of you who haven't seen it seen it um, a guy named Jerry Jacobson swindled more than 24 million dollars out of a major fast food promotion for over 12 years. His trick: stealing and selling McDonald's Monopoly game pieces. It was. Uh, it's a Netflix doc doc. Uh, HBO, right, Mike? HBO, HBO. Yeah. HBO documentary, five parts. The first one just sucks you right in. You're like, how are they going to get five parts out of this? But they do, and it's really good. Um, you guys both saw it, correct? Yes. Yeah. Neil?
0: Yep, I watched it. And I was, first, I'm super upset because I love that game. I used to go to freaking McDonald's to play it. Are you
1: lying? You're lying.
0: I swear to God, I would go in and buy the stupid. I would always get like a free fry, but I I would, it was such a scam because if you just went once, you'd get Park Place every time. Like you'd get the, one of the shitty ones that would bring you back and you'd have to go back because you think you're going to get Boardwalk or whatever and win like a million dollars. It's
1: well, they showed all you in the documentary people. that all the pieces are out. All it's not hard to get a lot of the pieces. It's just those couple of ones, like Boardwalk, and you know the one, the million-dollar pieces are the obviously. There's only two of them in the world, right? Yeah, it was
0: the whole thing. If you played it, it was even more depressing.
1: <laughs> well, I could imagine so because, especially <laughs> if you're saving those stupid little pieces and you're never gonna win. Now that you've seen it, you must be you. You know, you must be double yeah, you upset. Yeah,
0: I should have sued McDonald's. I've I, I, I got, I got to call my lawyer to see if I can still get a lawsuit in.
1: <laughs> Jacobson's fortune and his downfall came from from gaming the twice-a-year promotion, which promised anything from a free sandwich to a million dollars to the customer revealed the lucky game piece, a property, a railroad, when they peeled off the sticker attached to their hash brown wrapper or soda cup inside of a magazine or in on the inside of a magazine oh my so he was in charge of keeping the promotion secure delivering most lucrative game pieces to mcdonald's packaging plants instead through most of the 90s he pocketed them and sold them to a vast network of friends and distant relatives in the end more than 50 people were convicted in the scheme that is hilarious i mean and he they couldn't nobody noticed that the winners that keep coming out of this mcdonald's game are in like the from atlanta to jacksonville florida Right.
0: Now, do you, do you agree that you think McDonald's had no idea?
1: McDonald's had no idea. No way they want this to happen. Are you kidding? They don't want that. They had that woman on from McDonald's. They have no idea. They, that's part of their problem. They third-partied this out, and they just, like, you guys handled it. You came with the idea. Oh. You had. Not only did they not know, but the but the, the people in charge of that game didn't know. And then there's people who's, who are printing the actual tickets, the printing company didn't know on how all this stuff was happening because they had like a five lockdown system. So right. they're all not knowing. And then this guy, not only did he 50 people get indicted, but both those companies had to go bankrupt and everybody lost their jobs. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah, no. This guy ruined hundreds and hundreds of lives.
2: He oh. was like the coronavirus of McDonald's monopoly. <laughs>
1: <game>. <laughs> Absolutely correct. And all... Ge- oh. It's funny, the FBI agent, the lead agent, was great. You know, Doug Matthews, that guy, he was a goofball, but he was hilarious, don't you think?
2: I tell you what, if you get busted, that's the guy you want. The big, goofy, laughing at everything. I thought he FBI did, agent.
1: I did, thought he did a couple of genius things, you know, like the, he set together that, uh, that fake camera crew, went out there, yep. interviewed these guys, and, you know... <laughs> And they were nice people. Like, tell us how you did it again. Well, I was walking down the street. Figured I'd go in and get myself magazine. And then, like all the stuff that they he'd rehearsed a hundred times. Like, which, which Stop and Shop did you go to? The one on Elm Street. You know, went, and you know and he acted the whole thing out. Those guys have, have to act, and now he's got FBI agents acting. I thought it was really, really well done and really hilarious how they got these guys.
0: Well, that guy. It was that guy, it never happens because he's the only one interested in this case.
1: Oh yeah. I mean there's a note on that guy's, you know, desk. The you know, he's the rookie cop and he just he doesn't want to do insurance fraud anymore and he goes over to the the experienced guy who would not be on camera, which was hilarious. Goes up to the experienced guy and he's a little post it on his desk. He's like, What's with this note? And he literally yeah. followed a post-it note, followed this into like one of the biggest scams of all time. And my favorite part of the story is this is huge it's blown up into a, a nuclear bomb mushroom cra- cloud and next day is 9 eleven
0: <laughs> uh, I know yeah uh, it worked.
1: the and the 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 court the um yeah the um you know yeah when gonna, they go to trial They go to trial the trial gonna end it's it, it's coming to trial on 9 10 2001 crazy right death it,
0: and it saved everybody, you know, Bad because by the time they got started getting sentenced and stuff and everyone everyone lost their appetite, everyone didn't even give a shit, and then they all got kind of off, you know. I think yeah. that saved all
1: the people. <laughs> yeah, it did. That's the craziest thing. Yeah. Um And it involved, the twist that I like was it involved the Columbo crime family, which was crazy. Right. Yeah. And then a couple of that guy's relatives, the Columbo relatives, they're like goofball, just couple from new jersey they think the whole thing's hilarious you know they're laughing through the whole thing and then it ends up their son is working at mcdonald's it was it was uh i loved it i loved it mike did you love it
2: i loved it i thought like when you had to kind of figure out like who is the one that really took it down i really thought it was going to be the black woman who got pissed off Mm. and uh i didn't want to do it and she looks all mad when she was answering the questions and they show her then and now she looks better now somehow <laughs>
1: um, At the end, because it's off her weight off her shoulders, probably.
2: I guess, but she was—I was like, Jesus Christ! She, like, she lost the money, never got the money, but she looks better now.
1: Uh-huh. Um, w-
2: what but about- it ends up being like the blonde chick, that like a uh, stewardess who's somebody just met or something. One of the one yeah. of the Jerry's just met her and brought her in, and she's just talking, just to, I guess, to the IRS to get out of it. And uh
1: well, she thinks and like so. That. You're the
2: informant. And she's like, yeah, but I
0: don't want to be called that.
1: Yeah, she don't want to be called that. Well, she was kind of like the ditzy, whatever, the ditzy stewardess because apparently they they went back to him, uh, the FBI agent Doug Matthews, and he was like, it wasn't it wasn't her. <laughs> what? The the IRS isn't gonna move on a huge crime to call the FBI on a tip from a blonde woman about fifty grand. You know what I mean? It was, they right. think it was the mom, Columbo's mom. You know, the, the guy who died's mom, he didn't like any of it, right? I think that's who they think was the big tipper.
2: Oh, I was taking it. It was, it was her just kind of on a, yeah. on a like a, a fluke that she brought it up and they were like, no, you're the one that brought him down.
1: That sounded like a good ploy, but no, they, they think it was, uh, they think it was that guy who died, the mafia guy's died, his wife, I mean his mother, who, you know, who was like, You know, my son died, this whole thing. I'm not letting anybody get the money. Yeah, it was... No, she took them all down because she thought it was wrong. It was... What? But it was
2: a weird cast of characters. It was... I mean, if you didn't know, you'd think it was a spoof. It's almost like uh, Tiger King (laughs) that's taken over the world.
1: That's the next one. I saw... Okay, so Tiger King is the next one we'll talk about next time. Neil, have you been watching that one?
0: No, I haven't seen that one. What is it called?
1: It's called... What is it called? Tiger King?
0: Tiger King, it's phenomenal. It
1: just—it's uh, on Netf- That's on Netflix, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I watched the first one last night with Gina, and I gotta say, I have to recommend it. Here we go again. I'm going down a rabbit hole, Mike. How many have you seen? I'm telling you. This is seven of them, right?
2: Yeah, we watched all seven on Saturday.
1: <laughs> you watched seven <laughs> hours of Tiger King.
2: Well, here's what's bad. I wish it was only seven. We Michelle and I watched the first two. And she goes, I think Caden would like this. So then I went back and watched the first two with him, and then we continued on.
1: <laughs> well, i got to say, Neil, this is, if you like, Mc, Neil really didn't like McMillions, but I think he's going to like Tiger King a little better. Wait,
0: Tiger King yes. is like uh, the one that got, he's treating all these animals or whatever? I can't watch yep. it. There,
1: there, are, there are people in the United States of America who have created their own zoos with killer tigers. Like, they've raised him since little nothing. Yeah, I
0: can't watch that. It's just too depressing. And
1: they raise him, and then, no, you got to watch this one because the characters are too good. Mike's right. The, the, this is like, what's the guy's name? Uh, Joe Exotic? Joe Exotic. Yeah, Joe, you got to watch this, Neil. This guy, Joe, Exo- he's got a mullet, He's he's got a high pitched voice, he makes country albums, I'm telling you. The The music
2: videos are some of my favorite things I've seen in a long time.
1: Music videos. (laughs) The twist in the first one is he's gay. I mean, I can't even. It gets crazy. And then there's the people who are trying to take him down. And I mean, there's. But all the zookeepers who they interview are all a little off. And what'd you say, Mike? The big. The quote is within the first two minutes, Mike nails it. The quote of the first one is like, you know. Yeah, yeah. He goes,
2: uh,. There's a the guy on it. He said, uh, "Monkey people are weird, but big cat people will stab you in the back,"
1: <laughs> which is the classic of classic. All right, we're done with that one. Watch McMillions, everybody, if you have, and it's it's worth the five hours. It's really good. All right, sorry Neil. All right, um, this we're gonna do. We're gonna attempt a sports quiz here. The topic is basketball. Basket college basketball and so I want to put Neil in a soundproof booth meaning for this show I'm going to have to hang up on him so Neil I will call right. you back in five minutes or seven minutes okay
0: I'm staying above ground and then I go back into the bunker when this is over
1: alright buddy I'll call you right back alright so this mic let's see what we can do with Mike Burton here okay. this is a U, uh, University of North Carolina basketball quiz Okay. Oh, really? Yep. All right. Now, we're going to go as fast as you possibly can here. and will see how many you can do. Just bang them out. Is Michael Jordan every answer? Nope. But, all right. All right, here's the quiz. Which NBA team did they mostly play for? Mostly. So they probably could be on a bunch of teams, right? Yeah. And you're going to give me the team that they mostly play for. All right? Okay. Here we go. And they were all North Carolina basketball players. And go. James Worthy. Lakers. Nice. Bob McAdoo. Lakers. Nope. The Buffalo Braves. Buffalo Braves. Come on. Sorry. Justin Jackson. Kings. Yep. Brad Daugherty. Cleveland. Yep. Kenny Smith. Houston. Yep. Sam Perkins. Uh Seattle. Yep. JR Reed. Hornets. Yep. Rick Fox. Lakers. oh nope. Rashid Wallace. Who was he mostly on? Celtics.
2: Ah, uh, he won a championship with the Lakers. Alright, go ahead.
1: It was probably one year. One year more. Rashid Wallace. Mm-hmm.
2: Rashid, uh Trailblazers.
1: Yep. Vince Carter. That's a tough one he's been on once Wow, he's been on a bunch of teams.
2: I'll say with the Raptors when he started, and then he started moving around.
1: Yes. Rashad McCants. (laughs) They get harder as we go.
2: Every North Carolina fan hates him, but I'll say Timberwolves.
1: Yes. Kobe White. Bulls. Yep. Danny Green. Danny Green, mostly with uh, Golden State. Mm,
2: No. No, no, no. no. Oh, Spurs. Good. Stupid.
1: Raymond Felton. I'll give it to
2: you. Uh Raymond Felton is most Yeah. Uh Wow, he moved around a lot, too. Yep. I'll say Knicks, but I don't think it was the Knicks.
1: No. Nope. We'll keep going. Harrison Barnes.
2: Harrison Barnes mostly the Dallas.
1: Oh, no. Ty Lawson. No.
2: Nope. No. Nope. When he started with Sacramento? No.
1: Nope. Believe it or not. was
2: Harrison Barnes with Golden State. Golden State, yeah, they're first run around. Yep.
1: Ty Lawson. Okay. Ty Lawson.
2: Ty Lawson. Uh, Denver?
1: Yes. Tyler Hansborough.
2: Uh I wish he had a better pro career.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh Indiana? Yep. Phil Ford. Kings. Bobby Jones, it's my boy.
2: Yeah. that was way before my time
1: come but, on uh not
2: way before my time but it was before my time bill ford was during my time
1: bobby but that jones. was the
2: kansas city kings at the time
1: but i just uh, told you he's my boy bobby jones what's my team
2: oh the Nets? no
1: nope and mitch kupchak la nope all right but who's do- he washington oh uh, i don't know I think about washington all right Pretty good though. You only miss one, two, three, four, five, six. So 14. There's no way Neil gets 14. That was very good though. <laughs> but all right, let's get him back online.
2: Man, when it was Van Halen, I was 20 for 20. I'm still proud of that.
1: Oh, jeez, I missed that. <laughs> all right, let's see what the man can do. You know, all right hi ready all right you ready i got
0: the internet up
1: yeah don't be cheating don't be cheating <laughs> all right this I is got
0: three computers up right now and i got dick Vitale on one on, a, on the other line
1: all right well then you better type fast <laughs> i will be impressed he got 14 and i thought he's gonna right. get more so this is a university of north carolina basketball quiz
0: uh, you forgot. that You left out that little small detail. I did
1: on purpose because you would be sitting there with the internet while I, you know, while I was playing with Mike. So I, you're a cheater. So luckily you have Dick Vitale in your ear. Um, I'm gonna give you the North Carolina basketball player, and you are gonna give me, you know, what team he played most of his career for. For example, if I said Michael Jordan, the answer would be
0: the Bulls, the Chicago
1: Bulls. Okay, here we go. Let's see if you can beat fourteen. James Worthy. Lakers. One for one. Bob McAdoo.
0: Oh, I, I mean, he ended up on the Lakers. I think he played for the Buffalo Braves.
1: Yes, he did, too. For the- <laughs> what? Nice. Justin Jackson.
0: Justin Jackson didn't play anywhere. Maybe Sacramento for a second? Yep.
1: There you go. Brad Darty.
0: Cleveland.
1: <laughs> Kenny Smith.
0: Rockets
1: Yep. Sam Perkins.
0: Uh Sam Perkins. Uh played a lot of places, but I guess the Lakers.
1: Nope. Right? At no. the
0: end? And then he played uh
1: No. The what he played mostly for was Seattle.
0: Seattle.
1: Uh you went five for five there. It's a shame. Here we go. Here comes the choke, Mike. Here it comes. <laughs> J.R. Reed. <laughs> J.R. Reed? Charlotte. Yes. Rick Fox. Lakers. Oh, no. He played a little more for the Celtics, I think. Celtics. Rashid Wallace. Detroit. No, close, though. Portland. No, he was second most on Detroit. Vince Carter.
0: Vince Carter. uh, Toronto.
1: Yes. Rashard McCants
0: uh uh he played in the cba he didn't make it
1: <laughs> he did make it <laughs> who'd he get the drafted choice. by no sorry minnesota one two three
0: i knew it was one of those shitty places
1: he's still doing well he's still got the lead kobe white kobe white
0: oh shit! he plays out in uh
1: uh this is his rookie Portland? year it's his rookie year you don't even know where he's playing
0: no, I, I know where he's playing. I can't remember for some reason. I, I'll go with uh, Sacramento.
1: No, he's playing in Chicago.
0: Oh, that's right. Damn it.
1: All right, Danny Green. Well,
0: Danny Green has played pretty much everywhere. I guess Dan Antonio, where he yes. made, his, made his name?
1: Good job. Raymond Felton.
0: Uh, Before the Knicks, uh...
1: He's played for one, two, three, four, five, seven teams, but
0: yeah, who's I the, guess most? the most? Maybe Dallas.
1: No, that was like one, two, three, five. Fifth most. He actually played for the Knicks more than he played for Dallas. He played for Charlotte. So let me see: uh-huh. one, two, three, four, five. Okay, you can only miss one more. Harrison Barnes. Uh,
0: Harrison Barnes. Uh,
1: I guess Golden State. Yes. Ty Lawson.
0: Ty Lawson. That's a tough one. Ty Lawson. Uh, so close. Ty Lawson plays... Uh,
1: Don't cheat.
0: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not cheating at all. I guess I would go...
1: Scarlet. Uh, no. Denver.
0: Ugh, that's right. Denver.
1: All right. You got to get the rest of these to tie, I think. one, two, three, four, four. three, four. Four... Wow, they've had
0: a lot of players in the NBA. It's good for their recruiting.
1: Tyler Hansborough. Indiana. Yes. Phil Ford.
0: Uh, Phil Ford.
1: Shit. Oh, uh, come on. I love Phil Ford. I used to do my Phil Ford impression.
2: I still think he's the, probably the greatest college point guard ever.
1: Could have been. It's great. Yeah, they they
0: changed the rules because he brought in the shot clock. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I'll just get, uh, I don't know,
1: Detroit? Oh, no, the Kings. Bobby Jones. Philadelphia? Yes. And Mitch Kupchak. Lakers? No. He played for Washington before he went to the Lakers. What is the matter with you? Oh, the winner once again, Mike Burton. <laughs> oh,
0: Did I squeeze it out?
1: You squeezed it out. He got twelve. Pretty good, though. Wow. I'm impressed. That was close. That was closer than I Damn thought it was going to be.
0: I should have got Ty Lawson. i forgot He was pretty good.
1: That was pretty good. That was a pretty good quiz right there. You guys are That impressing. was a good quiz. I wouldn't have got, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't remember. I, I never remember. These guys move around so much. Like, obviously, Bobby Jones played. I knew where he played. And Mitch Kupchak, I might have gotten because I knew the Lakers got him in a trade. He literally got there to the Lakers and then blew his knee out. It was crazy, if you remember that. Oh. And then... Um, maybe i would have gotten danny green and perkins but and Doherty, yeah the first couple but yeah buffalo braves from mcadoo then he went to the lakers then he went to the knicks and for some reason the knicks got rid of him i don't know why and he ended with the sixers believe it or not on the bench i think he played he might have won a championship with them too all right the way we end this show every week is one good thing or one bad thing of the week Neil Parner, you want to tell me if there's anything good going on in the bunker?
0: Well, in the bunker, there's not. There's really not much good here. But I did. Uh, I did. I, got, I tried to do a positive. So I. I went out to uh, to go eat at Chick Fil A. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but then
1: I it's regretted okay.
0: that decision because although the food tasted good, all the employees, none of them had any gloves on or anything, which mm-hmm. is weird. And then it dawned on me that they're all super religious, like they all look like they're in the Book of Mormon. And so then I was like, oh shit, they're just like, you'll get this if you're evil, and if you love God, you won't get it. You know what I mean? I feel like that's how they believed in this virus.
1: So how many did you
0: eat? I regretted about my whole meal that I ate at Chick-fil-A, but so far, so good.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we'll see in about 13 days. That's right, fourteen
2: days we'll see. Well, by the way, when,
0: <laughs> the, when the what do you do after fourteen days? No well, one's
1: told us. You're in the clear, you just can't no, you you keep going, but you're probably in the clear that you you're not gonna you don't have coronavirus.
0: Yeah, but what does that mean? What I mean, what do I I can now go out and no. jump around?
1: No, you can now be safe that you're probably not gonna die anytime soon if you keep that up.
2: Right. You don't have it and you're not giving it to anybody.
1: The key is but that you have to stay away from everybody. Die. The key is to get the test now to make to see if you ever had it, so you have these antibodies, and then you won't get it. That's the key. But you don't want to get it to try and roll the dice to see how bad it's going to get in you. Right. That's couldn't the they
0: have just? Couldn't they have just said? Since they call the president of the United States the leader of the free world. Couldn't he just said, okay, everyone? No, no money. The stock market, everything's closed. I'll see everybody in six months. That's it.
1: Yeah, he could say that, but apparently that's that's you still people still have to pay rent and mortgages. No,
0: nothing's due. Nothing's due. Here at the end, no one goes anywhere. See you in six months.
1: Well, who's manufa- Who's paying for the manufacturing of food?
0: All we gotta do is keep Netflix going. That's it. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> In this <laughs> goofball economy. That's a good thought, Neil. Netflix, there you go. Um, Mike, one good thing, one bad thing of the week? Uh, there's
2: not, I mean, I don't necessarily have a bad thing other than just sitting in the house on beautiful days going, all right, I guess we can't go anywhere.
1: Can you play um, golf by yourself? That's <laughs> social I'm, distancing the way I play. I'm in the woods half the time.
2: I, uh, but the good thing is, we put up a dartboard in the basement because we live in the suburbs now, <laughs> and uh, I beat everybody in the house. I lost once to Caden, but I've crushed him every other time. Oh, that's
0: fun.
1: Now, do you go out? Do you go out to a grocery store up there? My do I go where? To a grocery store. Do you go to a grocery
2: store? Yeah, we go to the grocery store. Um, Caden's learning to drive, so we can both get in the car and he'll drive us around. We went out for a couple of hours. Uh, day before yesterday. Oh wow! And, then, and uh, he's doing good.
1: Oh good. Now,
2: do you and have there's a fewer mask? people on the road, oh, which helps, helps a little out? bit. But we got out on Interstate 80, got up to 75. I was like, all right. I think he got up to 85 at one point. I go back it down, back it down. <laughs> yeah, it scares the crap out of you. Um, well,
1: do you it watch? actually didn't.
2: I didn't feel bad. I just like, dude, don't get a ticket before you have a license, right?
1: Um, do you guys go out with uh, gloves and uh, the mask? Neil is asking.
2: We don't go with the mask but we uh take the gloves in the backyard and have a catch yeah
1: no <laughs> the gloves for your face oh no yeah neil i went into there's a drugstore near oh. me and um they made me they wouldn't let me in the store without a, a mask like you. Have, wow i was like well i don't have one i would like to look for toilet paper and they're <laughs> They're like, well, we'll sell you one for a dollar. So I had to buy a mask for a dollar just to look around their store. And then they didn't oh have the toilet God. paper I wanted.
0: Scam. Wait, they uh, that's pretty good. What What was that, CBS?
1: No, it was a local drugstore here.
0: I thought they didn't have any masks. Where did they get a mask from? No,
1: they're starting to get masks in. I got a whole box in case we need them.
0: I don't have anything like that. I feel like I'm risking my life every time I go out.
1: Sounds like it. Chick-fil-A should have killed you by now.
0: It's awful, I know, I, I know, mean, the, the whole thing is so like, dangerous. like, Is it worth it? just stay inside until your last piece of food disappears.
1: Exactly, and, like, if I run out for food, it's in an off hour, it's funny, like, if you go to, a, now, people are, like, once, it's like vampires, once the, the light, you know, uh, you know, once it starts getting dark, nobody's at fairway, I can run out, go up two blocks, I sneak in there, the only person I see is the cashier, I'm home in, like, seven minutes with whatever chicken I got, you know? And then I just cook it here. It's just so scary. It, I mean, Ugh. people really think But here's my good thing of the week. I did find the Charmin toilet paper my wife likes. The Charmin. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Charmin <laughs> Soft came back. For, I Here's what I did, Neil. I went into all these stores and they never had anything on the shelves. So I cozy up to the manager six feet away. And I'm like, hey, Psst. they can't even hear me because I'm six feet away. But I'm like, hey. When do you guys get your shipments of toilet paper? And then one of them was like, I think like Tuesday night. I was like, I'll be here Wednesday morning, early. So, I get, so I get up super early and I go out yesterday morning to like CVS. And sure enough, there it is. And I got paper towels and toilet paper. There was already like you know like eight of them left of both. And I was like, boom, boom. And I was, oh man, jackpot. Uh so nice but it's so exciting that
0: that's exciting
1: oh that's exciting i won the world series there's no sports right now this is my sport how much of this obscure stuff can i find before the next guy (laughs) that's it that's my sport i go into these little drug stores that mom and pop drug stores those little ones that they make me buy the mask all right sure enough they got they got stuff in those stores that they don't really have like what you have like you can buy, like, individual rolls of the Charmin. Like, I've never even seen that, not in a four-pack or a six-pack. I'm like, give me three of them. Thank you very much. You know? Wow. Oh, yeah. You yeah, have uh,
2: never seen individual.
1: Yesterday, I ran in for Gina. I got, like, Zyrtec because it's allergy season coming up. Make sure I'm loaded up on the allergy meds. You know? Make sure I'm loaded up on, you know. We, we, we got everything we need. We're, we're good, for an, I'm good for another week. And I figure, talk about flattening the curve. I'm talking about the toilet paper curve. Like, like we haven't, we're just about hitting the, everybody's got enough toilet paper to last them for the rest of their friggin' lives. Right. C- according to the wall street journal, like it, there is no shortage of toilet paper. It's just as people are nuts and hoarding right now. So, and I'm going to include myself in that because I'm like, I'm not getting, letting people, what if it doesn't come back? You know? So I definitely have a couple extra, what if Neil needs a couple, if he comes back, you know, I can't have yep. Neil shitting on himself on 96th street so you know of course I'll charge Neil like $30 for a four pack but I gotta make some money too anyway so uh, yeah you know um, you do the best you can and uh, we're set we're set to go here for a little while
0: right. so how much longer are we in this what do you think like three more weeks
1: Uh, I say the apex hits here uh easter sunday trump thinks we're going back to work no i think it's going to be the height of it it will the curve will start to lessen on easter but it's going to ramp up everywhere else so we're going to have to just sit around and wait till the rest of the country heals up so we can go anywhere because i saw a guy on tv yesterday say pennsylvania won't hit its peak until like may 11th so if everybody else if they're all ramping up everywhere and then mississippi is going to be the last one because they're so stupid so if they hit in July, who the hell knows? We could be looking at September before everybody, you know, the curve is flattened enough for all of us to go out. But, Neil, I'm hoping for, I'm really hoping for May 1st. That is optimistic, you know, that the curve will be flattened enough by then for you and I to at least resume what we were supposed to be doing out in L.A. Yeah. But more realistically, I think it's June 1. That's my that's my prediction. You want well, to take a shot at that?
0: Well, hindsight, when it hit, I should have started driving west. <laughs> And then, and then you hit Montana. You stay for two weeks, and then you start driving back east. And yeah. it's ready, you know what I mean. And then you would have got back to New York in like June, and you missed the whole thing.
1: Hmm, not a bad idea. See the country with the mask on. Is that your? Yeah, or, you just
0: ride out the door. That's that's in hindsight. Just little, out the
1: door. Little do you know, you're a carrier, and then <laughs> you've just infected the entire nation with your stupidity.
0: I I <laughs> that's true. I so scared in Pennsylvania that I gave everybody this, but I
1: don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'm convinced that Neil and I, I both have this conspiracy theory that we got mysteriously sick. Me, Gina, Birdie, Neil, Bethel, everybody got mysteriously sick in like January for like a week, two weeks, the end of January, and we are convinced that that was it. And uh, right, Neil, we we think we have yeah. Well,
0: I mean, I did the virtual thing with the doctor, and the first question he asked me was, like, have you been to China, or have you been out of the country? And I was like, fuck no, I'm on the floor throwing up. What is wrong with me?
1: I did have Han Dynasty ones. So
0: he did ask me, so it was already, it was the first question he asked me, and this is, like, January 23rd, 24th, so it was already on their radar that it was out. Because he was a local doctor.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, first of all, I don't know why you're self-doctoring, but that's another story. (laughs) Get a doctor, dummy.
0: No, but this this was like midnight. I just needed a doctor to give me the medicine so I could get better. And then so he just... So he's virtual so easy.
1: All right. Well, everybody stay safe out there. And we will try and bring you these shows. You know, obviously via satellite meals in the bunker and whoever our guest is but mike thanks for coming and doing this for us sitting thanks, in your mike. car
2: hey man thanks for having me glad to win another quiz
1: yep you were fantastic <laughs> and we will see everybody hopefully safe and sound nobody will get sick and we'll see you all again next week okay Bye bye